Okay, uh, last regular season road game uh, last weekend. Um, wasn't our best outing, but uh, another solid performance on offense. Thought we played really well on offense. Uh, nearly 470 yards, total low. Zero turnovers, uh, 38 points. 38, I think it was 38. And uh, just, we're really on a, a really consistent path right now offensively, which has been really good. That's, that's been uh, a very obviously positive part of, of, uh, of uh, the last seven games. Um, defensively, wasn't our best. Wasn't awful. 320-something uh, yards. Um, it was like 22 points when you take away the block punt because that doesn't go on the defense. Um, and so did just soften the run early. That was that was the that was the thing that really was uh, the biggest concern early in the game. We didn't play the run very well. Uh, special teams had another huge mistake uh, in the pump protection. Fortunately, didn't cost us the game. But uh, you'd think we'd have that solved by now, but apparently we didn't. And so back to the drawing board with that. I got to coach it better, and uh, we got to find a way to, to protect our punter. Um, Oregon coming up, good football team, really good football team. Um, you know, top four, three or four in the nation. Um, tons of talent across the board. Uh, the defensive end, both defensive ends actually, are tremendous players, linebacker. Uh, quarterback's a big, strong kid, runs the ball well. Uh, offensive line is, is talented. Skill positions are loaded and uh, doing a good job running the football. So we got our work cut out for us. Got them at home, which is a, a good thing. We're hoping Rice Eccles is, is rocking and everyone gets there early and gives us that uh, great home field advantage. And uh, so that's where we're at. Questions? What specifically went wrong in the punt? How does it compare to what went wrong in Okay, well, we were uh, too deep with the punter's alignment, which allowed, you know, the geometry of the whole thing where the shield sits. You, you want your launch point to be at a certain spot so the outside rushers can't bend around. It's too tight of an angle, so we were, we were a little messed up there. Uh, we blew a protection on the left side. Um, we were supposed to block a gap, and we only blocked uh, half a gap, I guess you could say. And so that was the issue. But the ball came out in right around 2.0, which is about where you want it. You know, that's, that's, that's uh, pretty typical for a, for a uh, get-off time and punt. But uh, we just uh, haven't done a good enough job coaching it. That's the bottom line. Kyle, do you expect uh, Nick Paul to play on Saturday? Uh, no, more, no more injury talk, uh, even with season ending, because now that we're a week or two away, it doesn't make sense to tip the opponent at all. So we hope for the best, but uh, there'll be no injury updates the rest of the season. That's consistent with how we've operated the last several years. As we get down to the end, uh, we just kind of shut that off completely, uh, even the season ending stuff. But we hope to have uh, more people available this week than we did last week. We'll see. Yeah, he's been a big plus for us. Uh, I didn't realize he was that high in the country uh, yards per carry, but four carries for 106 yards in the game before will help, help that average. But but uh, TJ is a, a very good running back. Um, you know, when Tavion's healthy, we, you know, Tavion's obviously a, another great weapon for us. But uh, TJ has been running hard. He's done a nice job. 
uh, in all phases, not just carrying the football. He's, he's excellent, probably our best running back at pass protection. And that's that's huge because uh, he's so good at picking up blitzes and, and protecting Cam. Um, he's also a good receiver out of the backfield, even though he's dropped a couple. You know, in practice, he's got tremendous hands. He's just had a couple drops in games that, that are uncharacteristic of him. But uh, as far as him uh, running the ball, he's just starting to come into his own. And the offensive line is obviously doing a great job of uh, opening up holes and, and providing space for him. Not the biggest kid, but he's he's really thick and tough. He's about 5'8", but he's 195 pounds and, and great quickness. Quicker than he is fast. Not that he doesn't have good speed, because he does, but his quickness is outstanding. Uh, given <clears throat> the opponent and what is still at stake for you guys, does this feel like more than just another game? Nope. They're all the same. We treat them all the same. We prepare the same exact way. It's meaning structure, practice structure. Uh, everything, and that's how you have to do it in the Pac-12. Because if you don't, it doesn't matter who you're playing, you're going to get beat if you're not ready to go. And so, we approach it the same exact way every single week. Now, you've obviously seen Kalen Thibodeau before Pac-12 championship other times, but is he a type of player that you know you can replicate with that offensive line and, and being able to know how he works? And how do you feel like you? Replicate in practice? In the sense of like replicating based off of like how you've seen different players. Is there anything that you can kind of cobble together that way with how he plays? I just know he's really good and real explosive. And uh, he's got the whole package. You know, they say he's a top five pick, maybe the top pick in the draft. He's got height, 6'5 plus. Uh, 260, great get off, and that's really the the key to an edge rusher is get off. That's the number one uh, criteria that you look for in an edge rusher, and the number one asset that an edge edge rusher uh, really needs to be a great one. And so he's and he's athletic. I mean, he could play linebacker if they wanted him to play linebacker. He could very easy, very easily do that. Um, to replicate him in practice, uh, I know that wasn't part of your question, but that's impossible. You know, if we had that guy, then that guy would be leading the nation in sacks. And so uh, we just don't have that guy right now. <clears throat> um, an off the field question about Nick Ford. Obviously, this season you kind of put him in a lot of different areas um, on the field, and that kind of maybe speaks to his selflessness as, as a person. And I'm kind of curious off the field, how do you sort of see his selflessness, selflessness and giving nature kind of permeate throughout the team? Yeah, he's the same way off the field as he is on. He's, he's a great teammate. Um, he's come a long way since he's come into the program. He's. he's uh, you know, he was, uh, you know, a young freshman that was kind of a wild onion when he got here, but uh, he's really settled in and, and become a, a, a very mature uh, leader for us. Um, he can play, as you mentioned, all, all the spots, does so without complaining. Uh, I believe that's going to help him at the next level, yeah, that versatility and being able to have that, you know, alignment, alignment that can play all five spots is something that, uh, you know, that uh, makes your value go up. Exactly what you just said. He's a, he's a dual threat. You know, he can run the football from the backfield. He can catch it out of the backfield, and uh, he's lightning quick. And uh, he's a he's a weapon for him, and he's uh, he's a good player. And we always have to have him accounted for and understand that uh, he can run routes out of the backfield. And make sure we got the the coverage uh, in place that can hopefully handle that. Mario Cristobal obviously has good offensive line, that's kind of what he's known for, but what, what do you see from him that kind of makes him so successful, especially? Recruiting. In a word, recruiting. That's what it's all about at this level. And if you recruit the right way, uh, then you got a chance. They've done an outstanding job recruiting over the last several years, uh, doing a great job this year as well. And uh, tough to outcoach good recruiting. And that's what they're uh, 
That's what they've been doing. And they're, that's why they're winning so many games. Not, not to take anything away from them as a staff, coaching-wise, but the number one criteria is recruiting, talent level. What do you think about, uh, when you think about games against Oregon since you've been in the Pac-12, what kind of stands out about some of the games you've Yeah, we've had some good uh, back and forth. I'm not sure what our overall record is with them. It's probably sub-500. I can't, you know what it is? I don't know what it is. We went up there one uh, a few years back and, and got them pretty good. Uh, we beat them here, what, two or three years ago, four years ago, I can't remember. Uh, we haven't played them, obviously, every year because, you know, with the rotation, uh, you miss two of the North teams uh, each year. But uh, they're always talented. They're always, uh, you know, just uh, tough matchups. They're tough matchups uh, every single year. Yeah, good player, really good player, and tough kid. Uh, and the and the quarterback is an outstanding runner as well. I mean, he's he's uh, one of the primary reasons that that run game goes. Is the quarterback is six three, two thirty, or whatever. But but you're right. Uh, the other kid, the freshman kid, is is starting to hit a stride. They certainly miss uh, the Verdell kid, but we're all everyone's injured in the whole country. Everyone's got guys they miss, and so uh, they've done a nice job of of having guys step up and uh, pick up the slack. I know that a lot of head has been said about Kayvon Thibodeau, but they also have a really good backer back in Warren, Noah Sewell. Sure do. Um, I, I know you guys were, were really high on him, trying to get him to come to Utah. Just what, what stands out about his game? Uh, just you know, everything. He's got great size, like 260 pounds and moves like a cat. And so guys that big just typically don't move that well. Um, but he is uh, outstanding with his lateral movement, his quickness. He's instinctive. Uh, he's a big play guy. Always seems to be around the ball. Always. And uh, he's just the, you know, what you look for in a, in a middle linebacker is he embodies. I mean, he's got the whole package. Would you rather have more of a game with a lot of adversity going into a game like Oregon, or, or how, how does that kind of shake out? Does it matter? I don't think it matters in particular. I think you build off and and uh, and uh, try to maximize whatever happened in the previous game, and try to learn. And you learn in each game, no matter what the uh, outcome or how things went down. And so I think the key is that you always find something that uh, you can teach and teaching moments and and making your guys better. So I don't think there's any one desirable outcome that you'd like, but uh, except for a win. I mean, that's that's what you desire. But but as far as how you win, uh, there's there's uh, there's uh, a lot of positives that you can find and teach. And that's when the the team is at its most teachable is after wins. You know, they, sometimes they get fragile after a loss, and so after a win, uh, you can coach them a little bit harder and and uh, point out what uh, what needs to be corrected. Kyle, your team has <clears throat> progressed as this conference players on third down defense and been able to make a lot of strides in that area. What, what do you feel like is kind of keep that progression and the strides to where you guys are at the top of the conference in third down defense? I would say the, the development of our freshmen. I think they're getting better each week. Uh, you saw Cole Bishop play a, a great game last week. Van Fillinger plays, seems to play well every week. Uh, junior uh, Tafuna is, is playing well. And so I think it, the, the primary reason for that is we're starting to grow up at uh, a lot of the positions and, and uh, get better and more consistent play. And the offense has gotten better at third downs as well during the course of the year. And, and really the thing that has been a huge plus 
is the offensive red zone production. That just seems to be getting better and better. And that really was the difference in the game. Saturday is uh, Arizona's one for four in the red zone and we're five out of six. And that you do the math and that's the difference. <clears throat> so is the run defense improving enough given the challenges you're probably going to face here? Yep. We hope so. We'll find out. Every week's a test, and this will be, uh, you know, obviously on paper, our biggest test of the year. So we'll see where we stand. Kyle, what is it that you're most confident in right now about your team? Uh, well, I would say the uh, the chemistry. I know that's not a great answer. It's not it's not tangible, but or, or a, a statistic or whatever. But but the chemistry, the way they're enjoying what they're doing, their work ethic. Uh, they're having fun playing together, and uh, it all comes from great leadership. And I think that's the the most key thing that we got going for us. Why are they so? Why is the offense so much better in the red zone? Can you break it down for us a bit? Well, we've worked hard at it because we weren't good early in the year. You know, we had our struggles, and so it's always a, a point of emphasis. But it became even more a point of emphasis uh, as uh, as the struggles emerged, and uh, guys are starting to get confidence down there now. And uh, obviously the. Uh, Emergence of Tavion, a big back in the red zone helps you out. And I think Andy's done a really nice job of putting together the red zone packages and keep things mixed up and, and be less predictable. Coach, with the, with the season winding down, what is kind of the coaching staff focus these next couple weeks to make sure that the team ends the season the Well, it's completely focused on Oregon right now. We're not looking at anything beyond that. Um, like I said, it's going to be a, a normal work week, a normal uh, schedule for our guys. But, but uh, the key to these last couple weeks is to take them one at a time and not get ahead of ourselves. No reason to get ahead of ourselves. Obviously, this week we got, you know, one of the top teams in the country coming in. The fact that you might play the same team twice in three <laughs> weeks is not lost on the fan base, and I think they might assume either team might be holding something back for a higher stakes game in two weeks. I guess there's some merit to that. I don't. Uh, coaches don't think that way. You know, at, at least we don't. And and uh, but you're right. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. We got work to do. We're, we're you know we haven't done anything yet that's that's uh, set in stone. You know we still got uh, football that we need to play and, and games we need to win. But but uh, that scenario could very well play out. In 2019, you only <clears throat> lose one game to win the South. I mean, do you see that similar this year, knowing that Arizona's really still keeping pace, or Arizona State's still keeping pace with you? Okay, say that again. So in 2019, mm -hmm. you could only lose one game, or else you didn't win the South. Right. Similar situations going on right now. Do you, do you kind of track that? Do you feel the pressure with that, or how does that work? Well, we got a game up lead on Arizona State, and really, uh, you can almost say two games because we have the tiebreaker, and so it's a little different scenario than what we had in 19, but we're in the same exact spot conference record-wise right now with just the one loss, but but uh, not quite as tight at this point in time as it was uh, in 19. 